This is Sports Grandma. Um, I haven't been on for a couple of weeks, but um, I do have a very interesting guest today. His name is David Evans, and he has written a really good book. It's a fictional book, but it's a lot of fun to read, called A Message for Baseball. A lot of it is about um, possible rule changes that they could use in baseball, which would make it um, a lot go make the game go faster and maybe to some people to be more interesting. Uh, first of all, I wanted to mention that a couple of weeks ago I did go to Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where the uh, draft is going to be for the NFL uh, the last weekend of April. Um, it was a fun city to go to. I think everybody should put it on their bucket list. Um, they did the tour driver did show us where the actual site will be for the draft. Um, Nashville is a busy city, and I just can hardly imagine what it's going to be like having all those football players and their families and all the press and the owners and the managers. I should say the coaches, they're all there. Um, also, before I left for Nashville, I did a podcast about the, the March Madness the history of March Madness, and one of the things I mentioned, um, and I did this podcast with my nephew, uh, was that the favorites don't always make the the Final Four, and that's exactly what happened this year. Uh, some of the radio guys called them the Blue Bloods, and none of them are in there. But if anybody watched any of the games last weekend, the four teams that are left are really, really good. So we should be more good basketball next weekend. Uh, the Diamondbacks, our local baseball team in the major leagues, didn't have a very good opening series against the Dodgers. Um, but they did win last night in San Diego, so we won't lose heart this early in the season. Um, anyway, I want to um, introduce Dave and his book and have him tell you a little bit about his background and how he came about writing this book. Okay, thanks for having me, Mary Lynn. Uh, let's see, when the Diamondbacks started their uh, first season, uh, it was really rough. They lost 99 games, as I remember, and uh, I got to thinking during that season, uh, why was it that I had lost interest in baseball, or at least less had less interest? So um, during the year, I I've realized a few things that I thought could be improved. And a number of years later, when I had more time to sit down and write about it, I, uh, I wrote, chose to write a book that's fiction, has a little bit of a field of dreams element to it, and the main character in it is Walter Johnson. Um, it happens that I picked Walter Johnson because uh, the one baseball souvenir I had from my father was a ball signed by Walter Johnson, and he was an amazing uh, athlete uh, and actually uh, a very solid citizen, too, uh, very uh, very devoted to his family. Uh, he was one of the first five in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, he also served uh, later on a, Maricopa, uh, a Maryland County commissioner and uh, also was a manager and broadcaster for the uh, Washington baseball uh, franchises over the years. So a uh, neat man, and uh, I enjoyed writing the book. I, I got to bring in some ideas that I thought would improve the game, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, we can get an audience to uh, try them out. Well, and I know that the major leagues now um, are 
trying some changes in the minor league system, and hopefully they'll make it into the major leagues. I guess with the minor leagues, they can find out if they really work. Um, The other thing, too, that was in the books is that college and high school athletes now um, sometimes tend to choose basketball or football over baseball. Um, I want to mention that my oldest son played football uh, in college at NAU and ended up with a severe knee injury. And a few years ago, he told me now that he wished he had chosen baseball over Mm -hmm. football. He probably would have lasted a little bit longer. But uh, And one of the reasons why they choose it is because, to them, baseball is is too slow and maybe too boring. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when they do choose to play baseball, sometimes they don't choose baseball being a pitcher because they want to be a position player where they can play every day. So um, I thought that was interesting in the book. And so that's another reason why we want to make baseball more interesting. So it will attract more of the good athletes. I know that last night, the uh, Diamondbacks pitcher was one that they brought up from their uh, league that has been has grown up in the Diamondbacks organization going through the minors, and he had a good game. So it's fun when things like that happen. Um, now, the other thing, too, that um, I wanted to talk about, too, when you go into, let's say, some of the rule changes, is that analytics have really taken over baseball. Um, I even heard last year that the manager doesn't even set up the starting lineup, that it comes off a computer. Oh, really? Yes, that they don't really, because before the manager would always write down the names and then turn it in. But I don't think they have a lot to say about the starting lineup. And... um, Dave, did you see Moneyball? Uh, yes. I, well, actually, I read the book first. And, right. Uh, it's, uh, that's sort of uh, made it a lot more popular. And, uh, yeah, it's using all the kinds of data that you can get. Uh, there are just all kinds of things to, to look at. And a lot of times uh, the team's philosophy about uh, how they choose to score uh, and how to defend, uh, that plays into... Uh, how they, what data they use to make decisions. And so there's, there's still a lot of design involved, even if uh, at the last minute they, they look at the results of the data to make a decision. Well, and I can remember when pitchers like Sandy Koufax and them, they pitch a whole game. Sure. And now rarely does a pitcher pitch a whole game unless he's going for a perfect game or a shutout or yes. something. So that's another thing. It tend, they tend to pull... Uh, a pitcher after six or seven innings, even if they're doing well because they say they're saving on their arms. And that was another thing that was in the book, too, was how many Tommy John surgeries are done now. So they're very, very careful, I guess, about the arms of their pitchers. So Right. And um, I think that one of the there were like eight different areas in the book that I talked about as different categories. And one of them was the whole area of uh, baseball setting up programs to where uh, kids from earliest ages have uh, 
have good strategy in terms of how they use their arm and how they build it up and uh, not to overuse it and uh, not to try things that are going to damage it. So uh, I think that's something baseball should really be more aggressive about. Uh, I We know people that have had uh, arm injuries that, you know, uh, kept them from playing baseball in college or when they already had the scholarships and that kind of thing. So Yeah, that's too bad. I myself have had uh, some rotator cuff surgeries, oh. and I know some of them have had that, and I couldn't imagine myself going out and pitching after oh, having yeah. one of those surgeries. Yeah. So anyway, um, you want to talk about some of the rule changes that they're talking about doing now, and then, like I said, some of them they're trying out in the okay. minors? Yes. Uh, well, for this year... Uh, just a couple of things that they're doing. Um, this year, the one uh, couple changes are that. Um, I'm sorry, just one second. I've, That's all I've right. got that. Okay, for this year. Um, okay, right. They're reducing the uh, time that uh, between half innings from uh, two minutes five seconds down to two minutes. And up until now, they'd had a. Uh, a difference where if it's a nationally broadcast game, they gave them more time between innings, but uh, now everything's going to be two minutes. And the, last year, uh, it could be that a, a manager could, a manager or coach could visit the pitcher, uh, their pitchers during the game a total of six times. And this year they've cut it down to five. Um, now the interesting thing is that next year there's some uh, fairly major changes coming, and that is that um, the pitchers next year will be required to pitch to three batters unless they're injured. That's the only reason, unless they're injured or it's the end of the half inning. But they have to pitch to at least three batters. So there's no more calling in a a pitcher to pitch to one guy. Exactly, right. And then also they're going to be increasing the size of the rosters from 25 to 26, which is going to be a a big help. And... uh, after uh, September the 1st, usually they would allow teams to carry up to 40 players after the minor league seasons are over. But uh, starting next year, they'll only be able to uh, raise that to 28. So that's another uh, major change that's coming next year. That's very interesting because I know I've heard, you know, a little bit about the changes. But that was – and some of the – in the book, it talked about several – changes that you wrote about that would make the game more interesting. Yes. Oh, great. And the the one uh, the two that I, I think are the ones that I really identified first uh, back in the first season of the Diamondbacks, uh, it, the f- fact that batters can foul off strike three uh, for forever uh, is really something that uh, slows games down. If, if a pitcher uh, gets... Uh, the batter to foul off strike three, and then um, the batter keeps batting and then winds up on base. He's thrown all those pitches. He's given the batter three strikes, and then he still has a base runner after that. So that's one thing that I think uh, I would I would recommend them simply saying, uh, you foul off strike three, the batter's out. And then on the other side, pitchers have four balls to work with, and a lot of times, particularly if they get ahead in the count, They'll start wasting pitches, and again, that's uh, taking time that we don't really, baseball shouldn't really be wasting. Uh, fans and players don't enjoy watching a pitcher throw a ball, so uh, that's the second thing. Uh, 
third thing that's tied in with those two is that um, the umpires have a very difficult time being 100% accurate on calling balls and strikes. And uh, I can picture uh, the umpires uh, having a uh, some signaling thing like in the earpiece or whatever that's uh, from uh, electronic uh, checking, letting them know whether it's a pitch is a ball or a strike. And that way, that would eliminate a lot of arguing. And uh, I've seen games where the final strike uh, of a whole game uh, was a pitch that was substantially off the plate, you know. So, uh, so those things happen. Um, so those are some of the main things that I, I'm recommending. I, uh, I included some other uh, things in there that I, I think make the game a little better that might not have as big an impact, but... Uh, one of the things is foul balls. Uh, I, the Diamondbacks lost a very good player, uh, first baseman Tony Clark, having a great year. It, going over to catch a foul ball, he runs into the fence. He's out for a number of games, and then the rest of the season he didn't hit as well. And, uh, you know, a number of players get injured with uh, chasing foul balls. Uh, one of the things that... Um, in terms of placing the responsibility for uh, things working out well, um, when pitchers uh, throw inside, uh, sometimes they're even throwing in over the batter's box. And, um, you know, it, it depends on, it's up to the hitter. To, if he gets out of the way, then it, it doesn't, nothing happens. But if he gets hit, if he, you know, he can decide to, well, I'll get hit by this or I won't get hit by it. And uh, the, on the other hand, uh, the pitcher uh, is saying, uh, gee, I didn't mean to throw it inside, you know. Which, now, is that what they call a brushback? Yes, yeah, exactly. Pitch, all right. And so, uh, and some famous, you know, many, player, many pitchers are very famous for that. Uh, but so at any rate, I would say put the responsibility on the pitcher. If they throw, if the ball's over the line of the batter's box, that counts as a hit by pitch whether, whether the batter gets hit or not. And that's going to encourage pitchers to, uh, not be, uh, you know, to be more careful and to get the ball over the plate. Well, and the batters will quit crowding the plate, right, too. Right, right. Now, I mentioned uh, arm injuries. That was another thing that I talked about. Um, the last two things were, were more uh, uh, maybe not having that great of an impact on the timing, but um, one of them is... Uh, you know, back when, you know, the classic example of it is Barry Bonds when he was such a great hitter, uh, he would get, uh, you know, so many uh, intentional walks during the year. Um, and then, you know, the fans come to watch the best players hit. And so what I would recommend there is that there be a, a limit on the, a number where if the team allows more than a certain number of walks per game, then instead of it being a one-base walk, it's a two-base walk. And that would uh, cut down intentional walks and uh, it would encourage, again, another thing to encourage pitchers to throw the ball in the strike zone. Well, then so. uh, Paul Goldsmith was another example oh, of that yes. because he got walked so much because they didn't want him to hit. And another thing I remember in the book, too, that I thought was a wonderful idea was catching a foul ball on the fly that it's an out that yeah. they would have to be inside the foul line. Right. 
to catch the ball. Now, yes. if they want to lean over the foul line <laughs> and catch it, they can. And one of the reasons is because you see players falling into the stands with in people's laps and yeah. everything, and yeah. that would eliminate players, like you said, Tony Clark getting yeah. hurt. Yeah. And uh, also the foul area of ballparks is different. Exactly. They're not all the same. Sure. One of might have a very narrow one, but another ballpark might have a big foul area. Right. So that was one of the suggestions that I thought would be a good one. So okay. maybe someday if we could get all of the, the big wigs in baseball to read your book, then we wouldn't <laughs> have to worry about that. Yeah. But anyway, Dave, I want Dave, I want to thank you for doing this interview today. It was very interesting for me too. And um, if you could let people know how they can get your book, it's not a very big book and it is so interesting. And uh, but there's a lot of baseball fans in America that would enjoy this book and say, aha, that would be a good idea sure. to do that. Okay, well, the book's actually hardback, hardcover, and uh, I think I can, uh, I'd be happy to sell it for $5. Um, they can send me an a email. The address would be simply uh, dEvans at it's all in the game, is just spelled out, uh, dot com. Uh, dEvans at it's all in the game dot com. Thank you, David. Well, this was really a fun podcast to do, especially with the baseball season getting started now. And uh, um, it was very comfortable doing this in Dave's house. And so maybe later on at another time. Oh, and I forgot. I wanted to also tell people about that their, the original team in Phoenix was the Sen Phoenix Senators. And now they have a vintage league, and Dave happens to play in that. So if you want to tell us a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Uh, well, the Phoenix Senators are one of the teams in the league. Uh, there's a website, which is uh, Arizona Territorial Vintage Baseball. Uh, and if you just Google Vintage Baseball, you can find that. Uh, I happen to play for the, uh, for the Bisbee Bees, and we were actually the first team that started uh, uh, fellow from Bisbee started the team, and uh, we have teams now in uh, uh, Camp Verde, we have a uh, team in Prescott, uh, teams in uh, Tucson, and in uh, Bisbee, besides some in the Phoenix area, and we're actually going to be playing the uh, vintage tournament in Bisbee uh, this coming weekend. Uh, that stadium is something like 104 years old. And uh, they've had a tournament there the last four or five years. It's been really fun, uh, Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, so anyway, vintage baseball is fun to watch and really fun to play. Uh, and we have people of all ages playing, and uh, men and women. It's just a, a great time. Well, and it's uh, a fun thing to keep it going. And with the Arizona has a lot of wonderful history, so that would be a time to revisit it. So again, Dave, thank you very much, and have a good weekend. This is Sport Grandma, and I'm signing off now. <laughs>